This is In Touch, City Talk's Rugby League Lowdown with Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. City Talk 105.9. It's been a long time coming, it's been a long year and um, you know, even a long time since the last one, so um, time flies when you're having fun. It's a lot of anticipation. I think as a player, as coaches, you want to challenge yourself against the best teams in the best stadiums. Uh, England and Australia always brings that. The fact it's at the Millennium Stadium, the fact it's at the home of, of, of you know, Welsh sport is, is added incentive for us and it's an added excitement for us. The English are going to be very strong. There's always a lot of effort that goes into these test matches and you know, they've been on a training camp down in South Africa together preparing and more so I believe they've been preparing for this first game against us to make sure that they give themselves a good opportunity to win. Obviously I hope my form continues in the World Cup and you know, I've got a decent team around me so I hope we can push the things and you know, really challenge and get to that quarter-final. I'm kind of thriving that, but I know um, what gets the best out of me. I seem to just be able to push that to one side and focus on all the little things. I know once I do that then the big plays or the flashy things seem to come off. This is just a flow for me. Real privilege, real honour. I got jumped in the chance. Like to represent Samoa is, is, is massive for me, and to captain the side. Man, I'm just gonna work hard, and uh, you know, hopefully, we can be a uh, successful in this World Cup. The pressure's on us. We're not, we're not feeling it, so we're not thinking about six weeks time. We're thinking about you know, who we've got in front of us this week. And, you know, certainly one of the strongest squads that we've assembled in quite some time. So you know, that's a real positive for us. We can do the country proud over here, and, and the better we do over here, obviously, it gets uh, media air, and uh, that can only help the game back up. I think them in New Zealand are certainly the favourites for this competition at this moment in time. I know to see some of the star players they've got in their lineup, but ultimately, they're human, and it's, it'll be 17 versus 17 on, on Saturday. Good evening and welcome to In Touch, City Talks Rugby League Hour, looking ahead to the World Cup. The tournament's finally here, 14 teams, more than 300 players, 28 games, all for the glory of being crowned the world champions. I'm Lauren Moss, Steve Manning joins me too, as does special studio guests tonight, Andy Rowe and Willie Nichols, New Zealand journalists who can give us some inf inside information, we're hoping anyway, tonight. And between now and seven, we'll also hear from England coach and captain Steve McNamara and Kevin Sinfield, the man everyone's talking about, New Zealand star Sonny Bill Williams, Martin Afire, Witness Vikings coach Dennis Betts, and many more. And you can get in touch with us tonight, as always, on Twitter. Find us at CityTalk1059 or use the hashtag InTouchTalk. So good evening, Steve, Andy and Willie. How are you, how are you all this evening? Great. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Liverpool's such a cool city. Check out those accents. It just sounds... <laughs> when I talk and then you talk, it even points out even more, doesn't it? And now Steve's... No, it'll hello. get even worse now with my accent. <laughs> well, my <laughs> refined northern accent. It's a melting pot in here, isn't it? Steve, I don't even know what you're saying half the time with your accent. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. 
Well, I'll speak slowly for you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you lads are over here. Obviously, the New Zealand team are based in Liverpool. They're staying in Liverpool. They've been training in St. Helens, which is where we met this week. Um, But how's it it come about? You sort of sending stuff back home through the tournament? What what are you doing? Yeah, basically, we're we're sort of going uh, live with reports back to to New Zealand and, and feeding stories back all the time and interviewing players and, and you know, writing stories and sending that back to the stations and uh, TV stations as well with Willie um, to, to New Zealand. So Yeah, Andy's only really got one role. He's just doing the radio, whereas, you know, I've got oh, the cameras you saw yesterday. I'm doing the print as well, so... I think it's fair to say we know who's working harder out of the two Kiwi juniors. You're a multimedia genius, Willie. Yeah, there's other words for me, but that is one of them. (laughs) And you're also working for sort of rival stations too, so we'll we'll try and leave it there and keep the competition (laughs) out. But I mean, how's it going to work with the time difference? Because obviously the games are going to be starting in obviously very different times for you guys back home. Well, so far it's been uh, pretty nice and casual for us, hasn't it, doing the media sessions at about two in the afternoon, which is two o'clock in the morning back home. So Mm. you've got about four hours until you actually have to push the go button and you're you're away and laughing. So it's going to heat up once the games start and you're kicking off in the middle of breakfast back home. So... They're going to want everything coming straight through, really. Mm, because, the, yeah, the games are going to start maybe, you know, around 8 o'clock in the morning New Zealand time. So, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a tight turnaround when that starts happening. Mm. Well, we've got plenty to talk about tonight. The, the squads have been announced today. And, first of all, the biggest talking point this week is Gareth Hock. Um, I think it's, it's been dominating the press over, over here, obviously, but also probably for you guys. I know it was mentioned at the New Zealand training camp this week. Steve, you've watched Gareth since he was a lad when he was at Wigan and everything. I mean, what did you make of him being booted out by Steve McNamara this week? Well, I was surprised. I think with Gareth Hawke, what you, what you see is what you get. It's, he's that sort of player, isn't he? He's a, he's a dynamic player. He's a, he's a controversial player, both on and off the field. And it would appear that, uh, obviously... It's not just him from what he's quoting uh, have been out on a Saturday evening for a meal and had a sherbet or two when they were told that they couldn't have one uh, until after the Australia game. So, you know, you're playing for your country in the biggest tournament. You, you'll ever get your, your home tournament. And it was a little bit disappointing, really. Uh, nobody's naming the others, but uh, I think without trying to guess, if you look at the squad, there's a there's a good idea of perhaps... There's who, a couple of omissions from the squad. squad for Saturday's game with Australia, aren't there? Yeah. I mean, nothing's been confirmed and no one else from the England campus has spoken out to, to support what Hock has said in his interview that um, there, there was drinking involved. He overslept, missed 10 minutes of a swimming session alongside six or seven other players. You so. see, what I can't... Sorry, boys. What I can't understand is, obviously, you know, you're in a team. I've been on tour with uh, an amateur international side and, you, you know, you bunk up, so... You've got to ask, how good was that unity? Because he must have been sharing a room with somebody and I'll leave him in bed knowing that they've had a drink or two. You know, all right, it's a 10-minute swim and it's probably in that, in that cold, you know, the cold, the cold thing they're going, you know, get the bumps out. So somewhere, someone I don't think really wanted him there or else they just come on, Gareth, get up. And he was, oh, no, no, no. And you get up, don't you? Because you're part of a team. Is, that, is this a little bit of an overreaction, though? Because, I mean, it's, it's the World Cup, and and by the sounds of it, he, he's a pretty important player for England, isn't he? And to, to be chucking him out and uh, before he's even you know played a game. Is he, though? Is he that good? I mean, is he much of a loss for you guys? Well, this is my own opinion. Uh, I think the player that's coming in is a better player, and he's on form. He's, I've heard that, yeah. Uh, yeah Brett from Huddersfield Giants. I think with Gaz Hulk, he's, he's a hothead, isn't he? He was, he was a great talent, but he's, he's been dogged by controversies off the field, everything that happened with Wigan when he was banned for two years uh, for testing positive for, for drugs, and then he had a public bust-up with Wigan who'd stood by him. Then there was a, the move to Parramatta that didn't happen because of personal reasons. Now he's, he's signed for Salford, and their chairman, Marwan Kukush, has been very vocal on Twitter this week, standing by him. But I think, you know, with Gaz, you can't really, you don't really know what you're going to get. If he's, 
sometimes his, his challenges are questionable. I mean, he's, he's great to have on your side when you've got him on the side, providing he stays level-headed and does what he's told. And he he's a bit volatile. He has that touch of genius. He's been sent off twice this season, so he's lost. <laughs> so he's missed a few. So he's missed a few games. One was for a. I suppose you call it graphic language to uh, an in-touch judge. And I forget the other one. During, so. the, during when he was uh, as a witness, but then when you hear what was said, is he unfairly penalised? Does he have one of them faces that stands out? Well, I don't know what you heard was said, but I know what was said. So Yeah, but I, who doesn't say things in the heat of the moment? Listen, we're a family sport now, you know, whether we like it or not. It's a, it's a, tough, tough, it's a tough game out there, but we portray ourselves as a family sport. And I suppose... You know, do, do you let one discipline thing go or not? Or um, do, you, do you start from the word go and then, then relax? I mean, let's be quite honest. I think we'd all uh, give our right arm to uh, wear an international shirt playing for our country. And if uh, the guy says, well, you know, we've got a drinks curfew till after Australia, you keep it. How much of this is, do you think, um, obviously he's broken a team protocol, but how much of it, obviously you're coming off that shock loss, mm. where you're upset and things aren't going well. There's possibly some of this, you know, Steve McNamara, drawing a line in the sand and saying, you know, we're just trying to set a statement, we're going we're gonna to try and change things here. I think personally what I'd say, and I'm being totally controversial here, and I'm not being the same, I'd say, right lads, it went wrong, get out and get blitzed. Work start. <laughs> Let's be right, no. work start. I know I might be right, I'm being, I'd be controversial. Work starts Sunday. Make sure you're all there for that training session, for that swimming session, and that's it. But he wasn't, was he? That's the point. He wasn't there at that training session. He missed it. No, what, so... I'm, no, what I'm saying is, Steve McNamara, you know, I mean, they're all obviously a bit dejected for want of a better expression. Just go out and have, get, you get know, out of your system. Get out of your system. And then, right, we start on Monday. We're all, we're all, sorry, we're, we start I mean, on Sunday. We're all in it together. I'm not coaching the team. <laughs> creepers. They'd be on the bit gas all week. <laughs> to be fair, the England statement said a series of team uh, of breaches in team discipline and this is what Gaz Hock has spoken out and said because other people were inferring it could have been something worse so he's, he's commanded on this interview is it a good time to really be doing the interview like four or five days before oh, you're kicking off against Australia he's got nothing to lose now is he he's yeah. not in, I think he? that's what he's thinking so <laughs> no, I mean his club chairman is standing by him so. I guess you just have to you just have to get it out there don't you otherwise the media is just going to keep hounding you for the story and and it's going it's to yeah, look good like that, aren't we? Mm. <laughs> well, uh, talking about the squad <laughs> for Saturday, notable absentee is uh, James Graham, prompting lots of speculation about what that might be. Enough said there. Tom Burgess is in for Graham. No room for Mickey McAlorum either. Tom Briscoe and Sean Lachlan is injured. Ben Westwood goes straight back in after his one-match ban. As for Australia, they've got Brent Tate. Surprise inclusion? That's what everybody's saying at the minute. I don't think so. I is think it, he's he, proven. Yeah, he's proven. He's very reliable. He's still got a bit of pace, and he's one of those, <coughs> excuse me, one of those extremely competitive guys that you have in a team. That you know, if he's in the team, then standards are going to be very, very high. I mean, when he left, uh, when he came from the Broncos over to the Warriors in New Zealand, the um, the level was just intense. So, I mean, he he really did bring out the best in the, in the local players. And he's been a huge loss since he, he went back over to Australia. He's a true professional, isn't he? Mm. Um, and, you know, I think over here at a World Cup, you know, a bit of experience. You know, he, he might be getting a bit long in the tooth, some say, but, I mean, he still played Origin, which is, you know, as high, if some people even say higher, than international mm. footy. So um, I'm really looking forward to this opening game, actually. I mean, depending on how England go, it'll really set uh, a bar for the tournament. You're only saying that, though, because if England beats Australia, you've got him in the semis, haven't you? 
yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we're not, we don't want to go down <laughs> that road. patriotic. <laughs> well, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I hope England do give them a good run because I think if Australia blow England away, then all of a sudden it's just a two-team tournament mm. and it's, it's not that interesting. So I really hope that they put up a fight. Well, controversially, again, I think the England's defeat to Italy could actually go in England's favour because they've got everything to prove and Australia perhaps possibly false sense of security there. <laughs> Ask no. that. There's nothing false about that. What uh, <laughs> what Tim she- what Tim Sheens has done? He's named his uh, starting thirteen, and he's got his substitutes. Yeah, no disrespect to Steve Mack. He's tactical. not decided who's playing where. Mm, and Cameron Smith expected to play the full eighty minutes as well. Um, let's hear from England coach Steve McNamara now. who says everyone's stinging from that defeat to Italy, and it was a kick up the backside. Oh, they were disappointed. Yeah, we all expected ourselves to be a lot better than it was. Uh, but they're a smart group, and they're a group that. Uh, understands uh, that these situations sometimes do happen. It's not alien to this, this group. Individually, they've all been in dressing rooms like that before, at their own clubs, and even internationally, there's been one or two of them been in dressing rooms like that for us as well. So uh, it's how you respond to that, and uh, it's part and parcel of, of sport. You obviously don't get to play a lot of games internationally. Do you think having that added experience, despite the result, may come in handy ahead of the yeah, I think any time we get to train or play, it's important for us, uh, particularly playing. And uh, yeah, we, we we love it when things go well and everything. You know, uh, you want as many of those as you can. But sometimes some of these don't hurt. Like I said, as long as you respond to them in the right manner. Going into that game in Australia now, it's a big game. How how excited are the lads ahead of that match? Uh, I think it's a lot of anticipation. I think as a player, as coaches, you want to challenge yourself against the best teams in the best stadiums. Uh, England Australia always brings that. Uh, and, a, and a fitting stadium this weekend because we're all playing. Okay. Any messages to support after Saturday, Steve, from anybody like you know, Keep your head up, keep your chin up. Like the Pope? <laughs> uh-huh. nah, we, we're, we're, we're smart enough to understand and, and realise that, uh, you know, as much as it hurts and you don't want it to happen, that sometimes that can happen, and it's, you know, you've got to find out the reasons why it did, uh, put those right, and move on. Uh, and that's us in sport. That's what happens. That's Steve McNamara there. Let's hear from the Kangaroos camp now. They're based in Manchester, so didn't have far to travel for Monday's tournament launch at Old Trafford. And Captain Cameron Smith says they're fully fit and ready for England. Everyone's feeling really fresh. We've had a, a couple of solid sessions um, since we've been in the UK, and everyone's pulled up really good. So. Looking forward to getting out in the field and, and playing this first match against England. Is there any danger that England's results against uh, is going to get into your psyche a little bit and think that you've got nothing much to beat on Saturday? Oh, no, I don't think so. We're, you know, I know that uh, the players and, and the coaches aren't reading too much into that result over the weekend. We know that um, the English are going to be very strong. Um, I, I, I doubt very highly that uh, they'll put in a same performance as as they did against Italy when they play Australia. I know that um, there's always uh, a lot of uh, a lot of effort that goes into these test matches. And, and uh, yeah, I remember coming over here in the Four Nations in, in 2011 where we played them in Wembley that, you know, it was a very tightly contested match. Yeah, we only just beat them in the end. So uh, these guys are, you know, they've been on a training camp down in South Africa together preparing for this tournament and, and more so, I believe they've been preparing for this first game against us to make sure that they give themselves a good opportunity of winning. 2006 was the last time you lost to England or Great Britain or England. What do you remember about you came off the bench? Uh, yeah, I did. I came off the bench that game. It was in Sydney and uh, 
it was the first time I'd played against England or Great Britain and um, got a uh, quite a hostile sort of welcoming. I got <laughs> I got a got a smack across the face in, in the first run I had in the match. Um, it was from uh, Terry Newton actually. Uh, yeah, so um, it was a, a tough old hooker, but. Um, uh, look, I just yeah, I remember that they were, they were a great football side. They 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 have been ever since, you know. But we've just been fortunate enough to to get um, victories against them ever since that game. But uh, we know that's a different prospect this year. Uh, we know that, and um, as I said, you know, we won't be we won't be going down there with any other thoughts other than um, it's going to be a very very tough game for us to play. Particularly first one up, um, we haven't played together uh, as yet, and uh, the English side has. So we're preparing for a very very. Uh, tough game. Australian captain Cameron Smith. We will hear from England skipper Kevin Sinfield a little bit later. It's time to take a quick break now on City Talk, but afterwards we'll chat to Martin Afire on how he's preparing for the World Cup. Strictly come dancing opener and getting in those sequin numbers again. That's in on In Touch. In Touch, City Talk Rugby League Lowdown. City Talk 105.9. Welcome back, it's In Touch. I'm Laura Moss, Steve Manning's here too, and tonight we're also joined by New Zealand journalists Andy Rowe and Willie Nichols at the top of the tower tonight. Before the break, we heard from Kevin Sinfield. No, we didn't. We've still got to hear from Kevin Sinfield. We heard from Steve McNamara and Cameron Smith. And still to come tonight, we're going to hear from Sonny Bill Williams, caught up with him at the New Zealand training camp in St. Helens. But uh, we're going to jump straight to an interview I did earlier on today, caught up with Martin O'Fire, who is, of course... um, Getting involved, he's the ambassador for the World Cup, but he's also uh, going to be starting it all off as well, reenacting not that try from the Challenge Cup final those years ago, but putting on his dancing shoes. He finished fourth on Strictly Come Dancing back in the first series in 2004, and he's working with his partner, Erin, again. Gethin Jones is also going to take to the floor, and Gareth Thomas at Cardiff at the Millennium Stadium, taking centre stage in a way they never have before. And I caught up with Martin about that and England's chances this year as well. Speaking to World Cup ambassador and rugby league legend Martin Afire now on In Touch. A couple of days to go until the World Cup kicks off and literally you are kicking it off or, or dancing off, so to speak, in Cardiff. Martin, first of all, good evening and how preparations going for that? Um, we've had one rehearsal with myself, Erin, Camilla and Gethin who are uh, doing a, a small one and a half minute slot in the sort of bigger... Um, opening ceremony, you know, there's a lot of dancers. Gareth Thomas um, is also um, dancing uh, at the opening ceremony. And, yeah, it's uh, going to be quite nerve-wracking <laughs> um, p- performing on the Millennium Stadium. I never got to play in the Millennium Stadium, so uh, this is sort of my first time uh, there on the pitch. But, uh, you know, looking forward to it, obviously, ahead to the Games as well. You know, England going through a bit of controversy this week. You know, obviously, with what happened to Gareth Hark on, on the back of obviously losing to Italy. But, you know, this really is a time for, um, you know, England to pull together and deliver a performance on Saturday. I'd like to get your opinions on the uh, Gareth Hawks situation. But first of all, just going back to, back to yourself and what you're going to be doing on Saturday. It's been nine years since you were on Strictly Come Dancing. I can't imagine sort of getting back in that mindset, what it must have been like for you. How did it come about and how has it been going, you and Erin, like working together again? Um, I think it just came after a chance meeting at... Um the uh, grand final, I think it was. And, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I was a bit taken aback. I haven't you know, danced for a while. I, I think the last time I've had much to do was in 2006 when I uh, was part of the first tour that they did going around all the, all the big stadiums at the O2. I think 
the NEN in Manchester as well. And uh, yeah, so to uh, put the old shoes back on and dance and jive, which was probably I think the second dance that I did when I was uh, obviously really come dancing back in 2004, it was such a long time ago, and it's a decade uh, almost. Uh, next year will be since I was first on that show, and yeah, it was uh, you know the old sort of motion started to come back, trying to tie down a routine, and we only got. Um, three three days rehearsal um, all together, including Saturday morning. So we'll, we'll be rehearsing tomorrow when we get down to Cardiff, and then on Saturday morning as well um, prior to performing. And uh, yeah, I'll be nervous for myself uh, and for the England boys as well. And you came fourth uh, back in two thousand and four. Have you still got it? Well, we'll find out on Saturday <laughs> afternoon at uh, five to two, which I think is uh, meant to be D Day, but twenty four. Um, also minutes before the uh, the big game kicks off. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, some trepidation, you know, a lot of nerves, and uh, you know, it's it's sort of similar to the the you know the nerves and the anticipation, like it was going into a big game. But hopefully this time I, I won't be uh, you know getting hurt unless Aaron falls on me, and I've got to be quiet and uh, careful to her. There's a couple of lifts in in the routine, and uh, she's. A couple months pregnant, so I've got to make sure I don't drop her. (laughs) No, absolutely. Well, good luck with that. Um, You mentioned um, Gareth Hawke before and the situation there. How much of an upset do you think that's going to have been, Sue, that the you know England's World Cup preparations and the rest of the team and everything that's come out since his comments and the the statement from England and Marwan Kukash and what he said about it all as well. Well, I haven't uh, seen Marwan Kukash's um, comments. I've seen Gareth Hawke's interview. Probably not the best time probably to do that sort of interview, you know, I think, um, you know, everyone's got different opinions on what should have happened, you know, was he too harsh, um, you know, um, was it just deserved, you know, these are questions that, you know, if you'd ask a thousand people, they're all going to have different, um, you know, different opinions and give you a different different answer. I think it's tough, you know, I, on the back of losing um, to Italy, you know, that prick a lot of people's attention up and, you know, even when I saw the result, even though it was like they only lost by one point, you know, I was looking to see if it was the England Knights that had lost, and not not uh, you know the full England squad. But you know, that's what sport is. You know, it's unpredictable. Things happen. You have to dust yourself off. I think Kevin Sinfield made a, a good comment. Um, you know that if England are going to be successful, Saturday, they do have to move past all this, past the Gareth Hart, past the loss to Italy, and deliver a performance. You know, there'll be a lot of talking going on, a lot of soul searching. You know, because I. I Generally, believe myself personally. Uh, you know, if you do lose uh, in your warm-up game the week before the World Cup, that's probably not the time to be going out. You know, drowning your sorrows, as as, as Gareth intimated in his interview. But it's probably a time for you know to probably take the pain. You know, have a look in the mirror and uh, ask yourself what can you do to get a victory on Saturday because it's going to make England's path to the final at Old Trafford on the 3rd of November. A lot um, more certain, a lot smoother if they if they can win on on Saturday. But we know it's a big ask, but you can't ask more than the performance. And I think that's what I'll be looking to see if England uh, can deliver. You know, there's lots of reasons not to perform, but you know, at the end of the day, the only people that can help them are the coaching staff and, and the team. They all need to come together and you know, as I said earlier, move forward. Cheers, Martin. Well, thanks very much for speaking to us and in touch. Best of luck for Saturday. Look after Erin. Don't drop her. And good luck to you. Thanks so much.
It's Martin Afire speaking to me there earlier. You're listening to In Touch on City Talk 105.9. We're joined in the studio tonight, as always, by Steve Manning and uh, special guests, New Zealand journalists are over here for the tournament, Andy Rowe and Willie Nichols. So obviously you're going to be back in New Zealand, but, you know, what What can we expect? Are, are you thinking it could be uh, England's chances this year, getting up there, semi-finals, finals? Look, I'm not just saying this from because I'm from New Zealand, but I think that New Zealand should be uh, one of the like should be the favourite. I think they'll beat Australia. They're, they've got some massive. Steve's, uh, Steve's blinking there. Hmm. Yeah, they've got some massive. Little bit, patri- little bit patriotic a- there, son. Across the park, they can match them, they're, and they're more exciting than the Australian team. Uh, in the halves, you've got someone like Sean Johnson, who I've, we've been showing you guys pitch, uh, videos of. <clears throat> he he is amazing. He he's... Willie's described him as like a, a what was it a cat on a hot tin roof. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a dancer. <laughs> isn't he? Um, you... Yeah, he would have pushed Benji Marshall out, who's of course not at the tournament, but um, yeah, he's he's probably the real deal. Just on the Kiwis' chance and everything, I mean, for me, I don't want to be disrespectful to England, but it, it does seem like a two-horse race, this World Cup. I mean, looking at the quality of the side. Of Australia? Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Italy, Italy and Australia. Oh! Yeah, well, uh, just just looking, if you look through the sides, you look through the depth, you look through where the form is, and the fact that you guys are just in complete disarray heading into this. I mean, sometimes, as you say, it can galvanise the side. Please elaborate on that. So you're talking the Gareth Hawk situation on what's going on domestically. I'm also with talking about lo- losing to a minnow side. I mean, I cannot in a hundred years in my lifetime see New Zealand or Australia losing to Italy. I mean, I don't know how that happens. Um, I think that just shows the lack of quality in the side. I mean, it could, I suppose, if things, you know, conditions, possibly, that's the only way I could really see if it it gets down to a bit of an arm wrestle. But then you look at the pack of New Zealand, and, I mean, this team they've got at this World Cup is easily stronger than the last team who won the World Cup. So, I mean, that's a bit of a worrying sign, I'd say. And we've got Sonny Bill Williams. Yep. Let's talk about him. We're going to hear from him in a bit, actually. But he's, well, just reading his his bio, uh, league to union, Mm. uh, World Cup uh, with union a, a few years ago, heavyweight champion. People like that actually do exist. Um, is he? What, what's the perception of him back home? Well, it, it's a you love he, him or you hate him. Marmite. Yeah, he's a polarizer, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, he's he's just a, just a real specimen of a human being. Eh? He's just got everything. His, his boxing though is is not is not as good as probably what it sounds like. He's I mean he's got a New Zealand heavyweight title, but he's unbeaten in this. It's six straight fights. He's, he's fighting months. Wallies. Mm. He's yeah. fighting your dad. You know he's he's not really <laughs> your granddad. I mean that's not what you want he's to talk. From it His boxing is not what you want to talk about. I mean the, no. the fact is he brings some good muscle into the New Zealand side, especially with Jeremy Smith, who was sort of the enforcer in that pack. Mm. He's not here, so I think that's why they'll play Sonny Bill in the back row. There was talk he might go in the centres, but I don't see them doing that. You look at the Roosters winning the NRL Premiership this year off the back of Sonny Bill Williams. Uh, the guy can the guy can turn teams around and and that's what he did with those guys and and one of the top top one the toughest competition. He'll also put bums on seats for you guys at this World Cup. I think he's a big boost. I mean, up until uh, this week, you, you wouldn't really have known the World Cup was on. To be fair, I mean, us down in London, you don't You'll even see it. You'll be very condemning if you said you know, about our co- team not co- having the depth, and now you don't even know the World <laughs> we'll Cup. We've invited fire. you We're in here to fire. our studio. What is this? They come up Bring here. The they come up here. We invite them in, and from the word go, they bagging us. We take your water and we throw it in your face, <laughs> and that is what we'll yeah, bring not in here, we'll get in trouble with the engineers. But uh, no, so down in the capital, obviously rugby league up here, it's like the M62 corridor. It's a big thing in the northwest and across it to Yorkshire Way. So down in London, where you're based, usually nothing. Nada. Not one thing. Mm. Not even the, not in the papers. You know, you read no. the Metro or whatever, even Standard. You get it for free on the train. You, I didn't even see it. Like it really. Oh, to be fair, once you come up here, you do get a feel for it. I mean, the taxi drivers and everyone wants to have a good yarn about it. Yeah. And that's positive. But I think it is a big is a big boost having Sunnyville in the tournament. 
And well, this is a big problem for us because this week we had some uh, meetings with the Super League uh, officials from the 14 Super League clubs that was decided on whether they were going to uh, bring back uh, 14 teams down to 12 and six members, including um, representatives from Wigan, from Warrington, Hull KR, Hull FC, Huddersfield, Catalan. Well, there were six out of the top eight sides that, that, walked, that walked out and um, refused to pass the vote. They said they wanted it to, to sort of be included with how the, the whole sport was marketed. And there is a real problem with marketing and the fact that you've been down in London for the last month and there's just nothing. And up here, it's sort of bombarded everywhere. But Liverpool is not a rugby league city. Um, and, you know, even here, even this, though it's in the northwest and you've got New Zealand, the favourites of the tournament, the coverage, it isn't, it isn't there. Um, how does this compare with back home? I was just going to say, I mean, we both covered the Rugby World Cup back in New Zealand. I mean, and rugby's our game. That's our, that's in our blood. And that was just huge. It, it didn't matter where you were. You see, what you've, what you're doing there, you, you, you've pinched the word rugby. I mean, it's rugby union, isn't it? But unfortunately, union are clever. They pinched the word rugby. I mean, they've even pinched the World Cup, really, because theirs has only been going 20 years, whereas I, I was starting 54. Fear? Fear? But I agree with you. I mean, uh, they want it. They want on their own bidding, and hopefully we can do the same. Well, if, if, it's, if it's only been going for that long, they must be doing a pretty good job. Because <laughs> They're doing the a fantastic a job. Than the, <laughs> I think it's who plays it, union down south who's going into union and uh, the school systems and all that sort of what, thing and where the money is. Well, with the Rugby rugby World Cup, because obviously it's here in, what, 20, 2015. Mm. I mean, what was, what did you expect that to be like? I mean, will that encapsulate the whole country? Will everyone get in behind I mean, that? Well, not, not necessarily around here, but because it's sort of a bit union-hating. But in, right? but for the majority of the country... Yeah. No, I think, no, I think what will happen, I think... Uh, <laughs> well, we, we'll not, well, unfortunately, because it, it's an establishment sport uh, is... Rugby Union, uh, there are other sports which are establishment sports. We have sides up here that play Rugby Union, but the main sides are, as it were, you could say, well, from Birmingham downwards. We've got Newcastle Falcons and we've got Sale Sharks up here. And then really all the other sides are based in the Midlands and, and in London. But so, that said, you go to a pub to watch Six Nations, which I did this year, mm. and they were full for watching Wales and England. And I don't know if that will be the case for the Rugby League World Cup. We're, we're going to have to wait and see. Instantly, Sunday's game is looking I, like a sellout. If I watched the old kick and clap, as I call Rugby Union, I'd be watching it just in case there was an extra <laughs> Rugby League player playing in because we'd actually get a little bit of skill, a little bit of handling instead of boof, oof, oof and run. Now, I know that <laughs> Big it's fan played, of Rugby Union, are you I know it's, No, no. But I know that it's, I know that it's played entirely different. Uh, I've watched a couple of minutes of the Southern Hemisphere rugby and the uh, Super 12s, and that is full on. Yeah. Uh, whereas if I could, I, could, I could fall asleep watching a game of rugby union over here. It's I incredible. do fall asleep watching yeah. rugby union. I don't agree with that, Steve. No, Northern Hemisphere rugby, as you say, it's it boring. Is, it's a it complete... Dif- I could, I, you know, you sit down to watch the Heineken kick Why run when you can kick it? Yeah, but that's the way you, it's built. It's such a different mentality, yeah. isn't it? I mean, it's, it is, it's quite starkly different... Union is much slower over here. I think that's uh, yeah. the most d- distinct difference. I think it's more physical like that. as well. <laughs> Do you like that one? Well, I'll steer that on to New Zealand yeah. for a So you invented <laughs> yeah. it over here. Um, let's uh, talk about the tournament in hands now. Uh, of course, uh, it's uh, the opener is being staged in Cardiff. Uh, it's a double header. You've got England, Australia, and also Wales against Italy. Warrington's Reese Evans set to make his senior debut in the international side alongside his brother Ben. And uh, Wales coach Yestin Harris says Italy will be feeling very confident after that win over England. You know, Italy have, have obviously had a great result against England, haven't they? In the, in the, in the pre-game warm. And you know they looked as though they've got some extreme quality within the, within their ranks. I think they had nine or ten NRL players in the starting thirteen. So 
you know, we really know that that's going to be a formidable challenge for us. You know, I think the fact it's at the Millennium Stadium and the fact it's at the home of, of, of you know, Welsh sport is is added incentive for us and it's an added excitement for us. You know, but to make sure that we put that 18 minute performances is, is our priority. You take everything in, so to speak, but uh, it's important that you can try and get a win in the opening game. That'll give you that that momentum going into what's going to be a hectic tournament. Well, it, it, you know, it doesn't. You know, there'll be seven teams that go into round two of the World Cup with confidence and you know a little bit of a little bit of uh, momentum going in, and there'll be seven teams that will be licking the wounds and saying, "How do we come back from this?" So. You know, we've just got to hopefully and make sure that we do the right things now to make sure we're one of the first seven teams that are creating and looking forward to the next game. We had Lee on our show last week and he was confident after the run-out you'd had against a Wales select sort of thing, but everything was going well. Uh, the players, everybody's all injury-free, touch wood? Yeah, we're more or less injury-free. We've got a couple of niggles and you know, it's, it's the end of a, of a long domestic season, isn't it? So. You know, you, you know you've got to look after the players physically and you know, you've got to get the right amount of training in and the right amount of intensity but the recovery is important as well and you know, we're, we're hopeful that we're going to have everybody on the field Tuesday, Wednesday this week and, and, and have a full full squad to select from so you know, that, that, that's all you can ask of. That's Yestin Harris there. It's time for another break now but afterwards we'll catch up with Witness Vikings coach Dennis Betts and man of the hour Sonny Bill Williams on In Touch. In Touch. In Touch on City Talk 105.9. Welcome back to the final part of In Touch on City Tilt 105.9. I'm Laura Moss. Steve Manning and New Zealand sports journalist Andy Rowe and Willie Nichols joins me in the studio tonight too. Before the break, we heard from Martin Afire and Cameron Smith. Now, we've been talking about the Kiwis. They've made uh, Liverpool their home over the past few weeks and have been training in St Helens. And this week, they opened their doors to the public and loads of people turned out to see them train ahead of the opener with Samoa on Sunday. And all eyes were on the man, New Zealand star, Sonny Bill Williams. So much talk about him. We, we mentioned him before the break. He's uh, the country's heavyweight boxing champion, made a name for himself in Union as well. And he's really putting, well, rugby league on the map over here too. I'm just ignoring Steve pulling faces at me as we've been looking at Sonny Bill's credentials on the internet during the ad break then. Anyway, we uh, spoke to him earlier this week. And he told us it's great to finally be back with the New Zealand Rugby League squad. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's an awesome buzz. Uh, um, you know, having been out for so long, playing a different sport, coming back in here. You know, I, didn't, I probably couldn't um, have dreamed how well the season has gone. Um, and, you know, when I decided to, that I was going to stay, stay in league for another season, I couldn't think of anything more that, uh, better than representing my country in a World Cup. So... Um, you know, I'm just happy to be here and hopefully be able to put on that black jersey once again this, this weekend and put on a good performance. So. Have you fitted into the squad quite well since you've come back in and have you not been through? Yeah, I'd like to think so. You know, the boys have played a few practical jokes on me. Um, <laughs> like what? Um, you know, the well was in the was probably well well publicised. I'm not, you know, I'm not scared of snakes, but um, you know, the boys got me there and um, you know, it's it's just it's just a good feeling being back. I guess it's a bit like being in the All Blacks, you know, you have your pranksters, you have your serious guys, but, you know, all around you have a good group of guys and, um, you know, you become like brothers and, and that's what I think, believe, uh, that's why I believe that you get the best out of, out of yourself, out of your team, because, you know, you're playing for, for one, of an, one another and I think that's just a unique thing that we have as Kiwis. 
with so much focus on you and everyone talking about you and focusing on you, how do you go about sort of switching off and staying focused on the, the job in hand and what you've got to do? Yeah, well, it's nothing different, you know, um, nothing different, you know, from the probably from the start of the season, you know, there was a lot of pressure when I went back to New Zealand. Um, you know, I had everything to lose, nothing, you know, um, and the pressure was firmly on, on me. So I guess um, I kind of thrive, thrive in that. But I know um, what gets the best out of me. And I seem to just be able to push that to one side and focus on all the little things. And I guess it starts with, like I said before, earning my, earning my teammates respect for doing, I guess, the hard work that you don't see on TV, you know, not the flashy stuff. And um, I know once I do that, then the, I guess, the big plays, all the flashy things seem to come off. This is just a flow thing. You've been able to walk around Liverpool sort of fairly unnoticed because obviously Liverpool's not a rugby town by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, yeah, no, and be noticed. That's been quite, been quite yeah. an enjoyable thing for you. Oh, I guess you know, um, I think it's played up in the media that you know, I'm, I guess a superstar and things like that. But you know, um, I guess not really noticed that much um, everywhere I go, and that you know, and it's probably just the league towns and the rugby towns, I guess. Just very quickly, you've been over here for a couple of weeks now, playing in these lovely conditions. Um, would you ever be tempted for a move to Super League? I'm getting a bit too old for that, love. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty content with uh, my home at the Roosters, and if I go back to Ropey, my home at the Chiefs. So, um, you know, I'm a pretty simple man. Uh, and although this weather is, oh look, there's a bit of sun at the moment. But uh, well, this, although this weather is pretty tempting, uh, you know, I, I think I'll I'll play out my future. Down, where it's uh, yeah, where it's a little bit warmer. <laughs> get my tan on. Thanks very much. Thanks. <laughs> That's Sonny speaking to us at the New Zealand training camp in New Zealand. So he's not going to be coming to Salford or any other Super League club in the foreseeable future. Then has also ruled out boxing for another three years or so too. There's only so much a man can do, eh, Steve? You've been reading a review about him by yes. uh, Tanya Arnold in the paper today. Yeah, Tanya Aldred Quart Williams. He's walking. Generic. generic. Good Are you fortune. Right there? You've had oh, Bob, I'm he has it. Oh, he has it. He has it. Yeah, I'm crying because I wish I were Sonny Bill Williams. I feel like uh, Russell Crowe. I wanted to be a rugby league player. I wanted to be Sonny Bill Williams. Does she go on? Uh, Tell us about the body. The, the body of a pumped Michelangelo. Long eyelashes. Honeyed skin. Wow. A face that somehow came out of the ravages of the boxing looking it's wow. that's great uh, something here about his thighs keep your composure what, Steve what, what about there's a lot of heavy breathing <laughs> no, I've lost, I've I'm getting excited I'm getting excited but uh, I wish I was Sonny Bill well, Williams I mean, and I'm sure you I'm boys not... wish you were Sonny Bill Williams well Lauren's not that famous do you wish you were Sonny Bill Williams I don't wish I was Sonny Bill Williams no <laughs> he's an elite sportsman that's all I can say I don't want to undermine your credentials, but um, <laughs> is it true that possibly you, you Google search, you told us, oh, I'm not that phase by him in the ad break, and then we've Googled Sonny Bill with the shirt off, mm. and you've had to minimise the window because you get distracted. I think it would uh, undermine my credentials to talk about this any further, <laughs> and how, what's typed into the search engine right now. Before, so Before we finish, though, with this, oh, you this found the thighs, thighs. Yes. Yeah. Explosive thighs with sensational one-handed offloads. The body is pumped. Oh, what? <laughs> We're running out of time now, uh, so <laughs> we've spent so long talking about uh, Sonny Bill Williams. We will, um, you'll have to listen to the Extra In Touch podcast for here from Dennis Betts. Caught up with him down at the training camp this week in St Helens. Very quickly, England, Australia on Saturday. You guys want to have a little row about what you think about Australia's chances and the, and the squad they've picked? Well, the, the Australian squad, I was just saying that I think they're looking a bit old. I think they'll... they'll 
they'll crush England. There's no doubt about that. Um, but but looking at looking be at people waiting at the door with knives when we get out of this radio I don't, station. I don't agree. Crushing is is going to be on the menu. I'm thinking Australia are, are going to clinch it. I don't think there's going to be crushing. I'm thinking at least. 15 points. At least. Points. I think it'll be tight for maybe the first 50, 60, and then Australia will just put their foot down in the last 20. Like they. What about the home support? Is that gonna be, I suppose it's in Cardiff, isn't it? Is that going to be a factor? Well, I think there'll be a lot be going down. Obviously, Wales are playing in the second game, but the bottom line is we can then pump ourselves up when England play New Zealand in the semi-final and take on Sonny Bill. <laughs> it's a massive game in a lot of respects, though, isn't it? Because oh, yeah. if you guys get wiped out there, then, in all honesty, the tournament just turns into New Zealand, Australia, and it, it turns a little boring. Like we need, you to, we need you to put a fight up to make this tournament interesting and to make that semi-final where you know, we're either going to meet you or Australia, but probably you guys. We need to make that interesting. And I think that is what's going to happen. I think the defeat to Italy is going to do that. I need to turn this into a positive thing. Don't sit there and shake your heads at me. This is what's going to happen because... There's no other way for it. I have no other stronger argument than that, to be honest, Steve. Come on, back me up. They'll have to dig in. I think England will win. How? Okay. How? By, I don't know how, but I think they will. What, what have England got? What yeah, have England got that can possibly they've got match that up against bull, this? They've got the bulldog spirit, and I think England will win by six points. I think Australia by six. I think Australia by D, 20. 60. Right. Yeah, I, th- I think Australia will be too strong. I mean, they've got a phenomenal squad. You there's no weakness there. Well, uh, that's all we've got time for, I'm afraid. Uh, join us again next week on In Touch and we'll take a look back on those opening games. See, so you was right and he was wrong. And ahead to the next group fixtures, including England versus Ireland. Steve, Andy, Willie, thank you very much for joining us tonight and for your time. And enjoy the rest of your stay in the UK. Our thank pleasure. You. Thank you, yeah. Good night. This is In Touch. City Talks Rugby League Lowdown with Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. City Talk 105.9. Hello there and welcome to the Extra In Touch podcast with me, Laura Moss. We had so much good content on the show tonight. We didn't get time to get through everything. So we're going to hear from Danny Bruff, Harrison Hansen, Dennis Betts and Kevin Sinfield in this extra edition of the podcast now. So, one player who caused a lot of controversy by choosing to play for Scotland and not England in this World Cup was, of course, Huddersfield man Danny Bruff. He'll lead Scotland against Tonga this Tuesday and he says it's an incredible honour. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, it's, I did it last World Cup, and uh, Steve asked me again this year, and you know, straight away I said, "Yeah," and you know, I'm proud to do that. And you've got an exciting group, and obviously you have experience sort of thing, so you can only build on that. And obviously, start from yourself with your exploits and what you've done the last 12 months. Yeah, it does, and you know, obviously I hope my form continues in the World Cup, and you know, I've got a decent team around me, so I hope we can push for things and you know, really challenge and get to that quarterfinal. And then anything could happen, couldn't it? Yeah, it could, and like I say, we've got a great coaching staff and got a good squad together. And you know, if Steve's pride and passion wears off on lads, I'm sure won't go missing in any games with that like. So I hope that can drag us through and especially support and you know really challenge for that quarter-final spot. The games over the weekend, all right. The boys didn't do particularly well at the weekend, but it was good PNG side. But the other side, they've got good results. So there's not going to be any easy beats, scissor at all in this World Cup. No, there's no easy beats and. Steve pretty much played two teams with 24 players rotating in and out and he just got people game time what they needed and you know as much as you don't don't like losing you know he got the game time out of lads that he needed to do and you know, that was part of it and it obviously they say it's a friendly but not so friendly and we just we did some good things and we did some not so good things and I'm sure Steve will line that out in the week. 
Well, let's hear from another captain now. Wigan's Harrison Hansen was named skipper of Samoa this week. Their team are based in Warrington and they'll face New Zealand this Sunday at the Halliwell Jones in a game that's heading to be a sellout. It's a real privilege, uh, real honour. When, when I joined up with the squad, uh, when they landed, you know, I had a few training sessions and um, you know, got to know the boys and that. And uh, yeah, just one morning, my parents came up to me and, and, and asked if, uh, if I wanted to be captain of Tour Samoa. So uh, man, I jumped at the chance. Um, to represent Samoa is, is, is massive for me, and to captain as a captain aside, uh, my, it's uh, it's one hell of a uh, massive honour for me. So um, man, I'm just gonna work hard and uh, you know, hopefully we can be uh, successful in this World Cup. And that's what it's all about, obviously, getting the success and the initial thing is getting through that qualifying group as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's the main thing, mate. We've got a, we've probably, you know, we've, we've got a, it's going to take a probably a few weeks for us to uh, to really start going, but um, you know, we've got to concentrate one game at a time and uh, it's all about performances. You know, uh, win or lose next week against the Kiwis, as long as we put in a good performance, um, you know, that'll set us up for the, for the oncoming weeks. You heard us talking about earlier the New Zealand training camp, which is based in St. Helens. In fact, the whole team are in Merseyside for the tournament. That's their base. Training at Cowley College. It's been lent to them by the Saints. And I caught up with witness boss Dennis Betts. He was there to see some familiar faces. So we're here at Cowley International College in St. Helens watching the New Zealand rugby team practice ahead of the World Cup opener on Sunday against Samoa in Warrington. And who do I see here? None other than Witness Vikings coach Dennis Betts. Stood on the uh, authorised side of the line watching the team. How's it going? It's a bit chilly. Yeah, at least the rain's helped. I thought it was going to have a, have a bit of a poor day. but It's windy but the rain's kept away and seems to be a quite intense session before the Samoan game on the weekend. So are they going to be your second team, apart from England, obviously, in the World obviously, Cup? Obviously, yeah. Well, yeah. Of course, yeah, I, I, I like the fact that, more the fact that um, Stephen Kearney is, like I say, a very good friend of mine, is their coach, and to see him be successful is um, is even even more driving than seeing Australia be successful. So, yeah, and obviously, open wing England do very well. It'd be good for the game in this country and good for the rugby league in general. To see them, um, to see them do well, but I'll be following the Kiwis closely, and hopefully it can be a, a New Zealand and England final. For yourself now, size from uh, World Cup spectating, uh, witness back in training this week. How's that going? Obviously, you, you're missing a few faces on international duty with Wales and Ireland and so on, but um, the, the players you've got back. Yes, uh, we we get back early because the lads the lads have had a few weeks off, and it's enough, and we're not we don't want to go in and smash them to pieces after 10, 12 weeks of doing nothing. So it's like a gradual getting players back early, giving them some targets, making them work to get fitter and stronger. They'll get a little bit of time back if they hit those targets. So it's it, it's not about letting them go away and just being completely away from the game and losing their shape and losing <laughs> losing their fitness. We, just, we like to keep them ticking over. I like to get players in, especially lads that haven't got massive training ages to get them in early and start working them as hard as possible, as soon as possible. Any particular plans for pre-season? You going on any trips or anything like that? Tenerife or...? No, no, not at the moment. Just um, just enjoying the um, English winter. <laughs> enjoying it, really? We're, sh- we're shivering a little bit here. You're, you're well wrapped up. I'm, I'm not quite so uh, wrapped up. I've just come dressed like a girl. <laughs> your little scarf and your little leather jacket. <laughs> Um, can I ask your thoughts on uh, the Gareth Hock headlines emerging yesterday? Obviously, you got to know Gareth really well last year when he was with you. What was your reaction when you heard the news? Just disappointed, shocked, like everybody else. I think I've been really pleased with Gareth this year, and I think he's done a great job 
uh, for me and for witness and I don't know the details so it's not really um, a place to comment on anything, anything other than that. And having a number of players like you do on international duty, we spoke to Lloyd White last week, how much of a benefit is that going to be to, to witness I know obviously they're not there training then they'll have a break after the World Cup but playing on a, on a big stage like well, that it's great for Lloyd it's, it's great because he didn't, didn't play a lot of rugby in the season because of his knee injury um, so for him then to get some more games at this kind of level as well to play at the Millennium Stadium at the beginning of the week uh, at the end of the week sorry after the England game it was fantastic for him I'm, I'm excited for him because like I say he's not played a lot of rugby and he, and he needs to play um, will it be good for him? It'll be great if he can stay injury-free and come back for me. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. If he can get loads of experience and stay injury-free, then even better. Cheers, Dennis. Witness boss Dennis Bert speaking to me there at a chilly and rather damp Cowley College training ground in St Helens this week. Finally now, let's hear from the England captain himself, Kevin Sinfield. England have a huge point to prove this Saturday when they face Australia, but surely now the only way is up after the weekend. And Kevin says they're working round the clock to put it right. We need to be so much better. The lads have responded positively. We realise the only way to fix it up is by working hard and uh, staying strong and believing and, and that's what we intend to do. I guess you couldn't really ask for a better way to respond than playing Australia first time out because I imagine a lot of people want to put wrongs right. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a huge challenge that lies in waiting for us and, and uh, we've got to be at our very, very best if we're going to get a result. So the challenge of, of going from probably the, our worst England performance for a number of years to, to hopefully our best is very exciting for all of us. Tim Sheens has said that an embarrassed side is a dangerous side. I'm sure you're hoping to make that prove that correct. Yeah, I hope so. Um, we're obviously looking for a response. I think we'll get one. We've asked so many people to follow us and, and get on board and get behind us and uh, we don't want to disappoint them. Uh, we disappointed them on Saturday and not only them, we just disappointed each other and ourselves and we've got a whole lot to fix up. So being here today and, and fronting it is part of fixing some of that and um, staying strong as a group is part of some of that. But probably the biggest part is, is getting out on the field and working hard together and, and we'll spend a lot of time doing that this week. You don't have to be a rocket science scientist to work out why we lost the game. I think 17 drop balls tells you the reasons why. So ball control is obviously something we need to focus on but uh, they're a good group, we'll stay strong. No, group, no one person can fix it on their own and uh, we'll have to do it together and we intend to do that. I think them and New Zealand are, are uh, certainly the favourites for this competition at this moment in time. I know to see some of the star players they've got in their lineup. They're just fantastic players, they're fantastic in every position and the backup they've got for those positions is, is equally as good. So um, it's a huge challenge. But ultimately they're human and it's, it'll be 17 versus 17 on, on, uh, on Saturday and we've got a huge challenge in front of us. England captain Kevin Sinfield there. Well, that is all we've got time for once again on the In Touch podcast. Thanks for listening to the extra edition. Join us again on Thursday from six o'clock on City Talk 105.9 when we look back on this week's opening group games of the Rugby League World Cup. That's all to come from six on Thursday night on City Talk 105.9. This is In Touch, City Talk's Rugby League Lowdown with Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. City Talk 105.9.